This is Episode 7. You're listening to the All Hazards Podcast, where we take you behind the scenes to give you exclusive access to emergency managers who've been on the front lines of some of the nation's most difficult challenges. Where we have candid conversations about the challenges facing all emergency managers, no matter how big or small the community. Here's your host, Sean Boyd. Hello, I am Sean Boyd here inside the broadcast studios at the California Governor's Office of Emergency Services, also known as Cal OES. Thanks for listening. This time around, Jerry Haliva sits down with us at the mic. Wait, don't know the name? Well, that's okay. Neither did I. Believe it or not, there is a direct connection between Jerry and actor Charlie Sheen and the deceased Iraqi dictator Saddam Hussein. What? Yeah, it's true. So why is he on the All Hazards podcast? Well, patience, my friends, you'll find out right now. All right, so we are here today with a gentleman where you may or may not recognize his name, as I said. Uh, you may recognize his face if you've seen some of those wacky movies out there, or if you were really into politics uh, here in California, you may recognize him as well. Here with uh, Jerry Haliva. Jerry, thanks for being here today. Sean, it's good. a pleasure to be with you. It's awesome to have you here. Now, you're here, really, uh, you were here today because uh, we had a big event, um, our Cal OES Open House. Uh, you gave a little speech out there. What was it that uh, really kind of focused you today on, on your speech? What did you say to those folks out there? Well, we were here to rededicate the building to my former boss, Senator Bill Campbell, um, Senator Campbell passed away last March, and uh, at that time, uh, Governor Brown uh, unveiled a rendering of a plaque that would go on the facility here. And so today we were able to unveil that plaque, and um, I really pay honor to a guy who was known as Mr. Emergency Services. Um, early in his legislative career, he focused on public safety uh, and dedicated most of his life to it. And so when Pete Wilson in 2002 dedicated this building to Bill Campbell's memory, uh, not memory, I'm sorry, to Bill Campbell's work. He was still alive then. Um, it, it, it was a nice tribute. But when he passed away last year, I thought maybe a, a nice plaque would be uh, appropriate. And so we had several people contribute to the effort. And today was kind of the culmination of that. Unfortunately, his family could not be here. They were there for the memorial, but they could not be here today. So having the video of what happened out here and the lasting memory to, uh, lasting honor to the memory was really good. What did you think about the plaque when they unveiled it? I, it was beautiful. I actually, um, I actually was privileged to commission the plaque mm -hmm. uh, originally, and uh, they did a great job with it, and it really, really uh, looks, looks great on, on the facility. So how did you end up working for Mr. Campbell. Sean, it's, it's a funny story because um, I was I started working in the legislature in 1969, and um, in 1974, the man I was working for was lame duck. He, uh, was, uh, he had run for statewide office and lost, so he was basically out of office. But one thing that this individual, uh, his name was Walter Carabian, one of the things Mr. Carabian said to me is, Jerry, before I leave office, you and I have been to Israel a couple of times together. Uh, you're Jewish, I'm Armenian, but we, we both have a, a great deal of love for, um, for the Jewish people. 
and he said, they're the big issue, which is Jews in the Soviet Union can't leave the Soviet Union to go to Israel because back then the Soviet Union was a very repressive regime. And he said, I'd like to lead a delegation to the Soviet Union and Israel and see if we can help. This was something actually David Ben-Gurion, the former prime minister of Israel, had asked us to do on a previous visit to Israel. Hmm. So um, he put together a group, and it's going to be former mayor of San Francisco, George Moscone, uh, uh, several uh, other people. And Willie Brown was supposed to go, but it's November in Moscow. It's not exactly a climate that Willie Brown Very wanted cold. to uh, – <laughs> participate in. So we had to find a substitute. And Ms. Grabian, who was the Democratic leader of the assembly, said, uh, we're going to take Bill Campbell from uh, the San Gabriel Valley. My reaction, I was still a Democrat in those days, and my reaction was that Neanderthal from Whittier. (laughs) And uh, Mr. Grabian said, trust me, Jerry, you're going to love this guy. Well, by the end of the trip, he was definitely my favorite guy because he not only knew a lot about um, about the Jewish people. He was Mormon and and, uh, and studied uh, a lot about the Jewish people. So he knew a lot about the Jewish people, but he was also just a, a very bright and delightful guy. So when we came back to uh, California, um, I really hung around his office for a long time because my boss had left and I'm looking for work. Okay. And he offered me a position and I went to work for him in 1975 and stayed with him for the next 15 years. Must have had a good relationship. We had a great relationship. And uh, I, I, won- I remember early on saying, so do I need to re-register as a Republican? He <laughs> says, I haven't asked you to re-register as a Republican. You register any way you want. And that's the kind wow. of guy he was. And, um, and it, just, it, it became a fabulous relationship. Um, I remember the origin of the committee that the fire services committee is that bill really was looking for a place for uh, a way to hire me and the speaker at the time uh, leo mccarthy uh found him to be um too much of an irritant uh to the agenda of the speaker and he said all right what do i need to do to get you off my back and he said, well, what were you offering? <laughs> he said, how about one of those select committees where you can study something? Oh, okay. And Campbell thought, great, I can hire Haliva. Mm. So um, he asked me for my recommendation, and I said, uh, you know, fire services would be a good topic. Uh, there had just been a national report issue called America Burning about the subject of arson. Oh. And nobody in the legislature had carved out that turf. Hmm. And I thought, this is a great area, so I did a little report on it, and Senator Campbell at the time, Assemblyman Campbell, thought it was a great idea. So we formed the Assembly Select Committee on Fire Services, and then when he was elected to the Senate, he carried that committee over to the Senate side in, um, uh, in 1976. And then as this issue grew, we realized it needed to be broader, and so it became the Joint Committee, both houses, mm-hmm on fire, police, emergency, and disaster services. And he really became the patron saint of public safety. So that was the beginning of that. That was the beginning. And so um, uh, we we really carved out an area that needed attention and with his leadership got that attention. By making it a joint committee, we made sure that the leaders of both houses were on that committee. And and so there was a great deal of legislation that, that he authored. Um, I remember Senator Al Alquist, the, who had the building named after him in San Jose. Senator Alquist was the patron saint of earthquake preparedness hmm. and uh, founded the Seismic Safety Commission. 
Bill Campbell and Al worked very closely together, and uh, Bill was to emergency services what Al was to earthquake preparedness. Wow. So there was uh, there were some specific qualities that uh, Bill Campbell had that really sort of led him to become that patron saint of emergency services, and which of course in the end uh, led to his naming of the building. What qualities did he possess, in your opinion, as you worked with him side by side, probably starting with that trip overseas, right? What, what were those qualities that led him to that, that so well? The, one, the quality that he was most known for was his personality, his terrific sense of humor. Mm. Um, he was always fighting a battle with weight, and he used to make jokes about his own weight lots of times. Aren't we and, all right? and it, But his yeah. were, he, he had jokes like, uh, I got a shoe shine for the other day, but I had to take the guy's word for it. <laughs> and um, he had mirrors over his dining room ceiling. He had all this repertoire of fat wow. jokes. But um, he would—he just had a terrific personality, which endeared him to a lot of people. Mm. Uh, but the thing that I don't think he ever got full credit for was his intellect. He's one of the smartest, well, best-read people I've ever known in my mm. lifetime. And that combination of a great personality and sense of humor, along with a, hu- a huge intellect, allowed him, I think, to provide leadership in a non-threatening way. Disarmed well, folks. Exactly. Yeah. Very much so. And um, uh, I remember he used to be able to get in between legislators who were very combative. At the time, Senator Alan Robbins was in a big fight with Senator Diane Watson over the issue of busing. Again, we're talking many, many years ago. And it was very heated until Bill Campbell inserts himself into uh, the conversation and lightens everything up and... Um, and just have a very disarming way about him that allowed for people to reach middle ground. We could use a little bit more of that today, couldn't we? Use a lot more of it today. Yeah. I mean, I look now at what's happened to politics in America, and it's nothing like Bill Campbell's uh, way of doing things. And, and again, his relationship with Jerry Brown. Jerry Brown was the governor when Bill Campbell was the Republican leader. And so they were uh, opposed to each other, or philosophically very opposed. Right. But they worked well together. And so it, it was only appropriate that when he passed away that Jerry Brown was the keynote speaker at his memorial uh, because Jerry also misses the days when it was much more about achieving compromise and making something work as opposed to making a point. So right now you are a consultant is that right? I'm a- actively? Uh, yes, I'm uh, an advocate or lobbyist, as it's more mm-hmm. commonly known, and um, represent clients uh, before the legislature and regulatory agencies. So you're still actively involved in politics, then. What do you see uh, as being um, the major difference, then, between the way things uh, got done back in the 70s uh, to the way they maybe don't get done nowadays or maybe not as easily? It, it really is that lack of, of recognition for those who achieve the art of compromise. Mm. At the end of the day, you have to get to the middle in order to accomplish anything. You have more polarization than we've ever had before in this country, as far as I'm concerned. I've never seen things as diametrically opposed. But I believe the great majority of Americans are actually in the middle. Mm-hmm. And feel unrepresented. I agree. And it's very sad because Bill Campbell and Ken Maddy, who a lot of people may remember, um, epitomized that ability to 
retained their principles. They were both very conservative people, but they retained those principles while recognizing we still have to get something done. I remember there was a uh, senator who I believe is still with us uh, named H.L. Bill Richardson, very, very conservative. But he epitomized what you see in the conservative movement today, which is you'd rather go down in rhetorical flames than actually get something done. Mm. And, um, and I think Bill Campbell was a lot of times vilified by the far right, not because he wasn't conservative enough, but because he was willing to compromise, whether it was with Willie Brown or Jerry Brown, to get something done and to make sure that, that the work of the people got done. So you see uh, partisan politics stronger now than ever before? Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's partisan politics that I think um, supported by a media that likes to emphasize the difference between people as opposed to the commonalities. If you find, um, I think in Washington they had this gang of seven or gang of eight. Mm -hmm. I mean, they get vilified as traitors instead of recognized as leaders. And, um, and all too often that's true on both the left and the right. So what can we do about it? Um, I think we have an opportunity this year, to be honest with you, and, and I don't think there's still an opportunity. Unfortunately, um, people are talking about third-party candidate, uh, given the, how unfavorable the people are with both Hillary and, and Donald Trump, and yet there's not enough time left for somebody, I think, to emerge as a third-party person. John Kasich might have been that candidate, but um, but I... I really do hope that we get to a point where the great majority of Americans who live in the middle politically can be represented. Well, let's get back to uh, Mr. Campbell real quick here. We sure. kind of went off on a little tangent, but it was great because, I mean, there was a, a common thread there. Uh, we started off with good intentions. Um, Mr. Campbell um, is obviously, looking back, it was very beloved. Mm -hmm. um, what do you miss most about those days, working with him side by side? Um, the camaraderie. Uh, we we laughed all the time. Mm. I mean, it was um, a wonderful ride. And uh, I do, I mean, the Reader's Digest used to have a section called Laughter of the Best Medicine. That's right. Loved it. And I have to tell you, that absolutely epitomized Bill Campbell's life. Matter of fact, Bill Campbell was uh, diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's non lymphoma. Uh, and became very, very ill for a while. Mm. But I'm convinced it was not only his faith, but it was his willingness to see the glass half full and to find the positive energy in the universe that allowed him to beat that. Mm. Um, I remember when Senator Cam Maddy was diagnosed with cancer, Bill's, one of Bill's best friends, and, um, and I was telling Senator Maddy, you've got to be optimistic. Look at how Bill's optimism allowed him to defeat his cancer. And I, I remember being crushed when Ken Maddy said to me, I've never been much of an optimist. Hmm. And he was gone like a year and a half later. Yeah. And so I do think attitude has a lot to do with life, but Bill Campbell's attitude and positive energy is what I miss the most. Well, you obviously had something in common, and that was the enjoyment of a good sense of humor that sense of humor led you down a very interesting path as well. <laughs> <laughs> it actually, Sean, it, it, it's a, a funny story because it began in the state senate where I was working. 
the LA Times used to have this um, page three photo that was a random photo. It, it was just, uh, nobody ever knew why they put it in there, but some random photo. And in 1989, they put a random photo of Saddam Hussein waving to his troops. The reason it was random was Saddam had not yet invaded Kuwait. And so there, he was a bit player in the Middle East. Nobody knew who he was, but here this picture ran anyway. The chief sergeant at arms of the Senate, Tony Beard, proceeded to distribute that photo on the death of the state, all state senators with the caption, now we know what Haliva does on his weekend. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it got a lot of, of uh, obviously, humorous response. Yeah. But I'm, I'm somebody who I think my whole life I've tried to uh, view a challenge as an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And so I saw that and I thought, you know, Senator Campbell and I just got through working on some major legislation on the issue of celebrity lookalikes. Uh, there was um, uh, John Wayne's son and uh, Harpo Marx's grandson and W.C. Field's grandson had all come to us and said, if a celebrity dies, the day they die, their image and likeness become public domain. So they are abusing all of our deceased relatives' images because there's no law that prevents wow. it. Okay. So we put a bill in to actually make it a property right so that they could control the kind of abuses of John Wayne and yeah. W.C. Field and others. And along the way, I met a guy who was in the lookalike business. And he said, well, how is this going to impact my lookalike business? And we said, you know, for commercial purposes, you have to get the permission of the heirs. Mm. That's the way it works. Well, I contacted that guy after he did that distribution on the Senate floor and said, do I really look that much like Saddam Hussein? And he said, oh, my God, you're my 15th anniversary celebrity lookalike. And so I thought, oh, okay, I guess so. And I proceeded to get lots of publicity. I was in advertising age. They put a picture of Saddam and a picture of me, and it said separated at birth. I was in People magazine. I was in lots of different publications. But I, I remember calling him, and I said, I'm Jewish. Where's the prophet? And he he said, well, okay, I can get you a bit part in a feature film. And I said, okay, thinking to myself, I'd pay to be in the movie, let alone be paid. And the movie was called Hot Shots. And it was uh, Charlie Sheen doing a spoof of Tom Cruise from Top Gun. Mm -hmm. And and there was just one scene where Saddam catches a bomb in the Chase Lounge. But I was that guy. And... um, and I remember uh, uh, I got paid $200, but when I saw how, criti- how key the role was, I said to the assistant producer, I said, how much does this gig, I called it a gig so he knew I was in the business. Okay. I said, how much does this gig pay? And he said, $2,000. And I thought, oh my God, I'm only working for 10%. I went to the lookalike agent who got me into this deal. Mm-hmm. He says, no, I'm a producer of talent. I can charge whatever I want, so. Fast forward three years later, I'm at a fundraiser for the Highway Patrol with an orphans fund, and Lloyd Bridges is the big star attraction. And I walk up to him, because I have no shame, (laughs) and I said, you don't know me, but we co-starred in a picture together. Remember, I was in this for 10 seconds. That's right. He looks at me and says, oh my God, you were Saddam. You have a huge part in the sequel. I said, there's a sequel? He said, yes. Well, I found out I had to try out. It's a speaking role, okay. and I had to actually audition for it. And um, and I auditioned, and the 
the, the director, Jim Abram, Pat Prof, said, you said you weren't an actor. You read as well as anybody who tried out. I said, I'm in politics. I'm a BSer. It's the same deal. <laughs> he kind of is. <laughs> and he said, you're right, and you got the part. Well, oh, now wow. I'm going to get this part, Sean, and it's an acting role, uh-huh. but I have to get rid of my 90% agent, okay. right? Because yeah. otherwise I'm going to lose everything, everything I'm making. Yeah. So I thought there's only one lawyer in the state of California that I know who can write a letter authoritatively enough to say you no longer represent my client and have the contract go away. Yeah. So I hired him. And who was that? Willie Brown. Oh, yes. Because Willie was Speaker of the Assembly at the oh, time. Yeah. And so he represented me. And sure enough, the contract went away. Yes. And I was able to do the sequel, which was Hot Shot Part Due. Mm-hmm. And it turned into a major role. I worked on it for three months. And um, and it was just great fun. And and I did a few other movies after that. But that really was my signature project and great, great fun. Well, that's what I was going to say. What was it like? Did you actually? Uh, I don't. I did see both of those movies, but it's been a while. Yeah. So, tell, remind me, and everybody who's listening, what your role's interaction was with some of the other players. Well, the interesting thing is that a lot of people uh, have an image um, of Charlie Sheen mm-hmm. as a negative, kind of a bad boy, what a crazy guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's uh, an understatement. <laughs> Um, yeah. Charlie, uh, Charlie did not particularly like the fact that my role kept getting expanded by the writers. And um, I remember at the end of the movie, we're in the makeup trailer being made up at the same time. We've been working together for three months. And uh, the amount of rewriting that has enhanced my role led him to th- look at the poster on the wall that was Charlie as Rambo. Yeah. And he said, so then what, Haliva? You're becoming the star of the picture? Are we changing the effing poster next? Oh, man. He was so insecure wow. even after three months of doing this. Wow. And so now what do you say, Sean? That's what I was going to ask you. When you, what you I mean, this him? is Charlie Sheen. And I'm nobody, right? So I, I knew he was leaving from this movie to go film The Three Musketeers with uh, Kiefer Sutherland and the Brat Pack. Uh-huh. And all I could say was, does that mean I'm not going to Vienna with you? Well, he had to laugh because, yes. of course, <laughs> and that totally disarmed him and, and took away the tension. Good. But uh, months later, I get a call from the director who said, that I really hate to make a phone call, but we're doing our European junket to, uh, to promote the movie. And Charlie said, if you go, he's not showing. Well, he's the star of the picture, Jerry, so we have to have him there. I'm sorry. I wish you could be there, but... You can't be on the junket. Mm-hmm. And I said, are you kidding? I've already had a make-a-wish experience here. I mean, don't don't worry about it. The irony is that the Sunday Times, the London Sunday Times, did a review of the movie. Remember, I'm not at the press conference because I think Charlie's worried about somehow being shown up or something. Yeah. And it has this picture of Charlie and Valeria Galena. And then the first paragraph of the review, Jerry Haliva is an actor by night but a lobbyist by day and proceeds to tell my story as the first paragraph oh, of the review. Oh, and fantastic. it just had to fry Charlie. Nice had job. to fry Charlie. Yes. <laughs> Boy, that is that's vindication yeah. right there, isn't it? But it's so funny because I had a chance to work to meet with his dad and his brother Emilio Estevez. Completely different people. Wonderful, wonderful mm-hmm. people. Um Charlie just had a unique personality. So you know Martin saying, where did I go wrong with this guy? 
he still he still supports his son. Sure, he he, of he does, but uh, but he's had he's had a rough go of things. I mean, he's doing yeah. very well financially, I guess, but <laughs> he yeah. still had a rough go. Yeah, of things. yeah. So um, your your acting career, you had a few other parts, and they all seem to revolve around Saddam Hussein. That's all they You're a typecast. I'm a, I'm a one trick pony, <laughs> and I tell people only in America can a Jewish activists get paid money to make fun of an Arab dictator. Oh, it's as good as it gets. Beautiful, beautiful. But I, I have to tell you, part of my modus operandi, as I said, is to see a challenge and turn into an opportunity. I did that with the Saddam lookalike in that in my political work, everybody remembered me as the Saddam guy, including George W. Bush. And probably one of the great stories is that um, he got to know me well enough from my involvement in Republican politics, they'd see me say, hey, Saddam, hey, Saddam. Well, the last photo op, you know, they have these presidential photo ops that are gripping grins with 400 people. And I'm in line to take the picture. And I get up there and he says, hey, Saddam. And I said, Mr. President, we've taken enough of these photos together straight. Can I do one with my Saddam look? And, oh. and W says, hell yes. <laughs> So we stand there in front of the White House photographer, fold our arms to look mean. I think I brought a copy of this. Oh, I can't wait to see this. Yes. And oh, that is terrific. And and so now I get the picture back, Sean. And like all presidential photos, they're not signed by hand. He had no chance. They're all uh, what do you call it? Uh, auto penned. Oh yes. So it said, "Best wishes, Jerry George uh-huh. W. Bush." Uh-huh. Well, I showed it to my secretary. I said, "Well, this doesn't go with the picture." That's it, right. So I had her white out the inscription, which is probably a federal crime. <laughs> and I knew I was going to see him three months after he left office. So I go to this event in Florida where he's at, and his former chief of staff and uh, Ari Fleischer, the, the press spokesman, were there. Oh, yeah. And I knew them. I said, is he going to think the inscription I've added is funny? And they go, oh, he's going to crack up. And I said, I'm way out in the limb here. He said, he's going to love it. Sure enough, I showed him the picture with my added inscription. Mm-hmm. And he laughed and signed it. And the inscription reads, damn, you're alive. More bad intel. Awesome. For W to sign something that says bad wow. intel. <laughs> if the, if the original is in the safe deposit box. That, oh, this is That's great. your copy. Oh, great. This is fantastic. <laughs> he looks like he's got gas. <laughs> I'm sorry. He's like, yeah. But that's George W. Yeah. I mean, that's GW. I think everybody would appreciate that. This yeah. is This is great. So it, it's been great that I've been able to milk it as shamelessly as I have. Yeah. And it's a way of being remembered in, in a humorous yes. fashion. Yes. So. That is wonderful. You, you've got some great memories. Yeah. From, from a lot your, of great stories. Are you uh, going to get back in front of the uh, Hollywood cameras at all? Any plans? You know, I, I have no plans to do that. Uh, although, I, you know what? I, I have to catch myself. I haven't done anything in 20 years. Mm-hmm. But a friend of mine is making a movie um, uh, about the Ernie Banks story, oh, the great Chicago Cubs sure. baseball player. And he said, and I've got a role for you in the movie. And I said, really? He said, yep, you're going to play uh, Thy Hurwitz, the union rep that worked with uh, Ernie Banks. And I go, great. Yes. I mean, I get to renew my SAG membership. Yes, you do. <laughs> so is this going to happen? Yeah. Gonna, we're, shooting, okay. we're shooting in Chattanooga this summer. Breaking news right here with Jerry Haliba. <laughs> That's terrific. But it's, it's going to be the first time I haven't been Saddam Hussein because I've done six 
yeah. movie, and they've all been Thadam. So. Okay, so Jerry, here's what I, I, I sense now. This is uh, a renaissance for your career, your <laughs> acting career. I think this is a rebirth. It's going to happen. I, I, I see big things coming your way. <laughs> well, let's, <laughs> let's, let's hope so, because it's, uh, it, it's always been great fun for me. And that, that's what I've, I've found that life has been about, is having fun. And I hope you had fun today. I did. I did, Sean. I appreciate being your guest. Well, I loved having you here, and thanks for sharing the photos. We're going to put these photos on our website as well, so you, uh, the folks who are listening, will get a chance to see these too, especially the one here of George W. But we this also, you should also put the one with the Coen brother, because I was in The Big Lebowski, which is a cult movie, as you know. Yes, it is. And when... That makes me a rock star among certain ge- uh, certain oh, generation. Man, absolutely, yeah. Now, so you go to these um, these uh, public Lebowski sa- fest. Yes, yes. yes. I, I oh, I'm a rock star. I find picture right next to the big Lebowski himself. Oh, look at that. Oh boy, that is terrific. So uh, you should bring those bowling shoes with you and have those signed wherever you go. Absolutely, that's, that's terrific. Wow. That's great. I appreciate being here, Sean. Well, thank you so much, Jerry, I, and thanks for coming by today. Happy to do it. All right. Take care. Okay. Yeah, I know you couldn't see the pictures Jerry brought in, but actually you can. All you have to do is go to oesnews.com, click on podcasts, and in the post with Jerry, we have those photos and a little slideshow along with a few others, and they are fantastic. Trust me on this, especially the one with President Bush. Ponder the irony when you look at that one. Ah, it's great. And his interview was so much fun. I hope you had as much fun listening to it as I did sitting here talking with him. It was a lot of fun. Also, remember that these come out every other Tuesday. Be sure to subscribe. Go to oesnews.com, click on podcasts, and subscribe right there. Or you can go to iTunes and subscribe there as well. Thanks, take care, and be safe. You've been listening to the Cal OES All Hazards Podcast. Don't forget to check out our podcast page where you can find past episodes along with show notes and links. And give us a social shout out. Tell others about us on Twitter and Facebook. And let us know what you think. We'd love to hear from you.